Live from the Coachella Valley, time for another hour of the desert scene, art exhibitions to modernism, music festivals to live theater, big screen, little screen, and very little screen. This is the Culture Corner with Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. And welcome to the Culture Corner. I got a big show for you today. Some great guests coming up a little bit later. And uh, on our second and third segments, first hour, we're going to talk all about the Oscars. But we thought we'd do uh, some other news before that. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing good. I'm, ex- I'm excited to talk about the Academy Awards. I can spend a whole hour talking about it. But not to bore our audience, we have other stuff to talk about in the segment. And I just, unfortunately, I hate to start on a down note, but it's just so important to mention that... The Valley lost another wonderful musician last night, um, Mike Costley, who's a wonderful singer, great jazz singer, great scatter. He's one of the best scat scat uh, artists in, in the desert here, uh, passed away last night. And we just lost, lost Pat Rizzo a couple weeks ago, and we lost Trini Lopez earlier this year from COVID. And um, just, gosh, it's just so sad. Um, Losing and Steve Medeo, a lot of great musicians we've we've lost in the last couple of years, and I uh, just wanted to say um, thank you for your music, Mike. He was a great guy. I interviewed him a couple of times. Really nice guy and just a consummate performer. And uh, we're gonna miss him. Just wanted to put that out there. I also wanted to mention that Anne Douglas has died at 102 years old. Anne Douglas was married to Kirk Douglas. Now, Anne is mostly famous for her philanthropy work. She did a lot of um, work for breast cancer awareness. And so she established the research for women's cancer because she had um, breast cancer along with six other survivors. And so therefore she was able to raise some money. So man, the, the lives that people are and she was what 102 or something she was way up there right yes and they were married a long time oh yeah they i think they were married since the 50s 1954 and he had died last year so you know it's one of those things where it's a pattern where i've noticed a lot of these at these um couples that are older if one passes away the other one passes away especially if they've been together a really really long time yeah Yeah, and i think that comes down to broken heart syndrome absolutely Absolutely. i imagine i imagine that's a real thing i can't imagine oh i i think it is and now why don't we talk about britney spears okay so britney spears has finally is is going to finally be able to speak on the status of her conservatorship in june so now she'll be able to actually speak in court and talk about it for the very first time. Was she not allowed to in the past? Well, she. the thing about conservatorship is that usually a lawyer speaks for you or usually like you have... It, it, the idea is that you don't generally speak for yourself. Okay. And in one of the things in the documentary that Britney Spears... The Britney Spears documentary, they had said that she was asked to talk about her thing, but then she was recommended not to. Mm-hmm. That the lawyer she had said, hey, you know, maybe you shouldn't actually talk about this because you're going through a lot. At and this so, point, yeah. At this point, so mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. And so now she'll be able to finally talk about it. Now, Britney Spears, um, well, this has been a long time coming because a lot of people have had... Uh, there, there's been a whole movement to try to free her from a conservatorship where she has been allegedly under the control of her father like really rigid control mm-hmm. now conservatorships uh, with this issue the conservatorships have started to become more discussed i think a lot of people weren't sure about how they worked and realized wow someone actually has that much control over your money and your decisions in life and so a lot a lot of times this issue with Britney is also an issue about conservatorship in general. In general, because we've seen this happen before with Hollywood stuff. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. And another thing is that 
it actually turns out that Britney Spears is aware of the documentary Framing Britney Spears. She had talked about how she was flattered that her fans are there for her and are constantly like showing her support. But she also said, I didn't watch the documentary, but from what I did see of it, I was embarrassed by the light they put me in. I cried for two weeks and well, I still cry sometimes. I imagine that that is embarrassing to be able to see yourself in this documentary and just, I can't imagine feeling that way. Like, wow, like framing my life that way and showing how bad I used to have it and all that. Yeah, well, I think anybody, um, and I didn't see it, but I've read enough about it to know that a lot of it wasn't flattering. And yeah, that is, I'm sure that's frustrating because you're like, it's out there and you can't say, hey, wait, 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 but that's not what really happened kind of thing. You know? Yeah, and another thing is that like, Britney Spears fans felt that uh, that the documentary was good in the sense that it gave them um, a voice to question things and be able to actually look at uh, some details. Because the thing is, though, that a documentary like this, if Britney Spears had more of a participation in it, it would still be something that her father may, might have to ha- might have some say over control beca- over. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of fans feel that her father might dilute the narrative, which. You know, it makes sense, but I'm glad personally that she's able to talk on June 23rd and that there's going to be another meeting afterwards on July 14th, because I personally feel like if it gets to this much public scrutiny and if it, you can tell that the young woman like Britney Spears, if she has a certain idea of how she wants to run, I think it, it, it bears to say that I don't think it hurts for the judge to really seriously consider freeing her dad from that and uh, yeah now so these hearings or whatever they, is this is the judge going to make some decision after this about whether she's ready to take care of her own affairs i think the idea was that britney spears wants to take care of her affairs a little bit more but she also admits that she mostly wants like a third party bank or financial institution because i mean it makes sense like you wouldn't want that level of personal relationship or control like the bank would ask hey what are you doing with this money oh i'm going to use it to fund a concert or buy a house and they sign away and all that because the bank hopefully doesn't have a personal stake in the money whereas her dad might yeah and it and it's one of those things where the britney spears situation it it sort of speaks to how i've seen a lot of my own friends because i have friends who have conservatorships and i didn't realize that a lot of times you can tell that they're not very happy about it mm-hmm. because the arrangement gives too much power to somebody else somebody else and personally for me i wouldn't want that type of power you know not i wouldn't want someone else to have that type of power over me either you know like i feel like that's too much mm-hmm. but moving on did you know that elon musk is actually going to host snl i find that fascinating <laughs> <laughs> that, that should be interesting that's I'm going to be honest, like, I think it's going to be May 8th, so in a couple weeks from now. uh, I think it's two Saturdays from now, now that I think about it. Now, Elon Musk, this this was made, uh, this announcement was made, I think, last Saturday, and the scheduled guest is Miley Cyrus. Now, Elon Musk is the CEO for Tesla, for those of you who don't know, and uh, Elon Musk is, well, one of those people that kind of falls into the controversial side of ceos like he was very outspoken against like shutting down for the pandemic and he actually encouraged businesses to stay open during the during the lockdowns and i you know i I don't know how i feel about non non 
musicians, non-actors, non-performers, non-performers hosting, hosting SNL. Yeah. Because not to, again, I know that saying his name is political, but in my opinion, when Donald Trump hosted SNL, even if you take out the politics, it still was a disaster, in my opinion, because <laughs> <laughs> like, like as often as many of the things he did work in my opinion <laughs> yeah and i think that it just shows that having a lot of non-performers it doesn't work because they can't act yeah, very and seldom yeah very yeah. seldom and also for me like i just can't imagine what would elon musk bring to snl you know i th it seems to me they're just doing it for a publicity to see if people tune in just to see if it's he crashes and burns you know oh yeah no and i i definitely think about how like um, how SNL has actually missed out on a lot of great artists over the years and a lot of great actors that have rejected SNL that sometimes I think come on SNL it's it, it must not be that hard to find someone because it's a once a week gig I think they just want the controversy you know any bad PR is better than no PR you oh, know th that's true and I often think about how SNL you know, they really like that PR because with Donald Trump, like that was good PR. I, I would say from a PR standpoint, mm -hmm. it was good because you got the most outspoken, most controversial figure in the presidential election 2016. And now you're having him host SNL. So and the fact that Donald Trump himself was also parodied a lot it makes sense to have him on there so i can kind of see that a bit more makes a little more sense in some ways than elon musk yeah and elon musk like for me it's like i don't even see them parodying elon yeah. musk as much and i remember someone said that elon musk was charismatic and just like dr oz for you bonnie i don't see it <laughs> i don't see the charisma mm -hmm. that's oozing off of elon yeah. musk i see him and i'm like i the only thing I remember really about him is that he named his child a really weird name, which was like an XAE27 something. Yeah, people that do that, I'm sorry. <laughs> how are you going to call him in for dinner if he's outside playing? Like, X how, do, how do you pronounce that? I don't know. Zay27 or something oh, like that. Hey, come here, Zay2749. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. I know. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. So May eighth is it's a week from tomorrow. So after that show, we'll have to do a breakdown well, of how it went. <laughs> I'm actually really curious about that show because, like, when I think about it, I I can't imagine. I'm gonna watch it for the disaster. But I'm I was gonna ask you in general, what have been some of your favorite guests hosts over the years for SNL? Because it's a very hard question to answer. Yeah. But. And see, I to be honest with you, in the last. I don't know and I don't think I'm alone in the last I don't know 10 15 years I haven't watched it all that often to be honest with you um, every now oh, yeah. and then um, I catch a good host like if there's yeah. a good host tell me, oh, tell, tell me who you've really liked and I'll tell you if I even saw it like I like to be honest I think that for me one of my favorite hosts will always be every time Steve Martin comes around or oh, yeah. Alec Baldwin or yeah. I actually really like the one time that Betty White hosted mm -hmm. now that was good and I also will say that over the I, I for me I also like when they have celebrities come in and do like impressions one time impressions because you're surprised mm -hmm. like I never thought for a million years that Robert De Niro would be playing a politician on SNL mm -hmm. I never thought mm -hmm. and and I do want to mention one other thing about uh, the uh, about SNL is that apparently 
there will be no no cast members will be forced to participate in that episode. So if let's oh with Elon Musk, yeah. So if nobody wants to be in that episode, they have no. They will have. They will not be fired. They won't be punished. No. They will just whoever shows up shows up shows up, know? and whoever wants to do a skit with him is there. Yeah, and I, I'm gonna be honest. I think maybe. Kate McKinnon would probably be one that wouldn't show up mm-hmm. or maybe she would show up just to make fun of him and roast him. But I mean, over the years, like I think that I, I'm interested. I'm going to predict that S- this will be kind of a flop, but I'm also going to be optimistic and say that maybe you'll get some good laughs at how maybe you never at, know. And, uh, you know, I would also say too, like I also liked uh, th- there was SNL has also banned a lot of people in the past, so like Andy Kaufman and Louise Rayner, uh, not Louise Rayner, Louise Lasser, Louise Rayner. Oh, she passed now, away. Why did they ban them? Now Andy Kaufman because he was a prankster. Okay, he was a prankster. He was unprofessional. Mm. But Louise Lasser, like um, she, I-, I saw her episode. It was in season she one. She said some ad- outrageous stuff. No, no. she was unprofessional okay. like she legitimately actually tried to quit the hosting the episode the day of oh, and when you see that episode she actually has a mental breakdown in the middle of the episode in the middle of her monologue yeah and i was laughing at first because i thought it was hearst yeah. but it wasn't yeah yeah but hey stay tuned we're going to talk about the academy awards we got a lot Yay. of hot takes all right we'll be back, be back in a bit listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Here are Bonnie and Brian. Now we're going to talk about the Academy Awards in a two-part segment, maybe three. Yeah. Let's see how long see we see how long we go. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask you first of all, and then Brian's taking the lead on this. Overall, what did you think of the show? The show, you know what? I honestly have said for years that maybe changing things a little bit wouldn't hurt, take away some of the gimmicks, make it a little bit more professional looking. And for the most part, I would say that maybe this is the right track, but I think that the train is going to (laughs) crash. I think the train crashed before it got on the right track because... Good way to put it. uh, Because the fact is, yes, I don't want to see, like, last year with the Cats movie, they had um, Rebel Wilson and James Corden dressed up as cats in the most hideous awful outfits yeah. i've seen so for me the show being scaled back and as steven sodenberg the person who produced it said you know what it's going to be like a movie it's going to be like the it's going to be the academy awards of the movie it's going to be like in the room and i think i heard and i heard someone once say you know you're not even invited to this in real life why do you, so why does it so why do i have to be made to feel that mm-hmm. when i'm watching it like i'm not going to be invited to it in real life so when I watch it, I kind of want to see something big and spectacular and nice. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about it, and I said, well, as long as they don't have the gimmicks, then we can go back Some to that. Some of the silly production numbers, I think, are, it was good to not have those. Yes. And yeah. for me, I also have this opinion about the fact that I, I think it was a bad idea not to put the songs 
in the show because for me it's like they're trying to do social distancing but when you watch the show like they were sitting pretty close together mm -hmm. the hosts were not that far off from the stage yeah. from the audience they I could mean. have had the whole yeah the song someone live performing the song absolutely yeah. i agree with that like when you performed last week bon a couple weeks ago bonnie that's how far the stage was yeah, from they that. could have done that safely absolutely and i feel like I feel like when they say, you know, people have to wear masks and all that, I'm like, but but they they don't have to wear masks when I'm when they're on camera and mm -hmm. if we prefer they don't. So I'm thinking, well, you know, you're gonna take all these safety precautions, you might as well have it on the bigger stage and be able to actually have it there. Mm -hmm. And for me, when I saw the Academy Awards the way it was, I was like, It's it's an interesting idea, but they didn't do it right. And also I feel like in my back of my mind, there are certain things I can't ignore. Like I can't ignore the fact that a lot of this was done to social to socially distance themselves. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, well, then why don't you just do the music and why don't yeah. you do this? Like it feels like, and also they didn't have any movie clips ever at all. Yeah, and uh, that I didn't know because that has nothing to do with social distancing. Why didn't they do that? I I was under the impression that they did it for time. That they were like, we're going to save some time. But you know what? They always say they're doing something for time. But guess what? They always overdo Go over it. anyway. They overdo it anyway. So you might as well add movie clips. And you know what? I actually like the movie clips because, A, like, let's say you didn't see a movie. Exactly. It gives you a flavor. It yeah. gives you a flavor. Because let's say you were like, I, I'm not going to watch... Um, uh, pieces of a woman and so you watch a clip and so you might have a good idea of the acting but because something like pieces of a woman might be triggering to someone they might say okay now i understand why she got nominated there we go i got a flavor right. of that movie or maybe like you haven't seen promising young woman because it didn't look good for you but then you see it at the academy awards and you see it nominated and you're like okay maybe i'll watch that mm -hmm. and so for me, it's also like a thing of, for me personally, it's like I'm summarizing. That's like when I watch the clips, it's like that's me summarizing the year. Like, okay, that was the moment. That was the moment. That right. was the moment. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, when I see those, it's kind of like a nice rewind for the year. And when it wasn't there, I was, I, I'm going to be honest, I was really disappointed. I missed, I missed that too. And yeah. for me, it's like, really? We're not going to even include the clips. And I know they're doing it for time. I know. I know, but they're going to run out of time anyways because they gave too much time to the speeches. I have to ask you about that one, and I can't remember who it was, who went out in the audience and there's some trivia thing and then Glenn Close got up and danced and I, whatever that was, I thought was lame. Oh, yeah. It, it was, was really lame. <laughs> it was rehearsed. What was that about? Like, Glenn Close doing the butt. I mean, look. And I, I like Glenn Close, but I, the whole segment, the whole concept of that weird thing was weird. I remember someone called it the highlight of the evening, and I saw it, right? I saw it again, and I seriously said, you know what? I wasn't paying attention when this happened, but I'm glad I did it because I thought it was cringy. I thought, first of all, Glenn Close, like, what are you doing? Like, th I'm not saying that maybe the segment wouldn't be funny, but the fact that it was, like, so slowly performed and you can tell they might have rehearsed it and once. And didn't several people get bleeped because several people were swearing at that point. Oh, yeah. There were several things bleeped. Oh yeah, they yeah. they bleeped it. And, yeah. that, and that song I know it got bleeped too. So like for me, I was like kind of weirded out by how it, it just got to the point where like Glenn Close didn't even dance the butt, right? Like I was actually <laughs> telling someone, you know, if you like that segment because you don't know what the butt is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was totally unnecessary. And I don't even and for me personally like 
I don't even mind when they have that type of stuff at the Academy Awards. Like when Ellen was hosting. If it know, works. If it works. Yeah. You know, Ellen, for all her mistakes, did host a pretty good show. That was cute. When she hosted, yes. And when they did the selfie, I yeah. thought, okay, that's actually funny. It was fun. Yeah. But in this case, like the bud or they, the show itself to me, the ratings that it got, the bad ratings. Deserved. They deserved it. <laughs> but you know what? There's so much to unpack at the Academy Awards that we really need to go into another segment about this. We'll be back with more on the Oscars in just a minute. The curtain rises on local and regional arts and entertainment. From music to theater, films to fine art, it's The Culture Corner. Get connected. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. Now let's talk about one thing we liked about the Academy Awards. Tyler Perry, tell us, Bonnie. Yeah, I thought his, first of all, I thought the award was well-deserved, and I thought his speech was outstanding. I agree with you on that. Like, I was watching it, and I, I, I felt moved because for me, Tyler Perry, you know, when I used to do flicks and picks, I always brought up how Tyler Perry, for me, was a, a director that wasn't, I don't think he's great as a movie director. I, I've seen a lot of his movies, and I... And I still support his movies because I feel like he has done a lot of good for uh, in hiring all these actors and black performers that will never, ever get to see that many movies. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, we live in a world where Loretta Devine and Cicely Tyson, you know, got more opportunities with Tyler Perry than they did outside of that. And it's such a shame because they're talented and they deserve better. But I, I appreciate that about Tyler Perry. But for me when he opened up his own studio, Tyler Perry Studios, and he hired all these black performers. So many, gave so many people opportunities and work and kept it going during the pandemic and fed people and just, he does so much. And he kept talking about his mother, what his mother taught him was, you see a need, you fill it. You know, you yeah. someone needs help, you give them help. And I just thought it was fabulous. And the thing about that is that Tyler Perry Studios was innovative for how it handled the pandemic because the fact is that Tyler Perry even set it up where people can live quarantine there quarantine there Mm -hmm. live there and that when production's over they go back home expense paid and everything and Mm -hmm. it's what and I thought wow this is innovative Mm -hmm. and I didn't hear that much coverage about it and then until a while when movie series were opening up people started to realize wow Tyler Perry set the mold to how to do this safely and i'm hoping that if the next pandemic happens that people go back and look at how tyler perry did it i mean he's someone who and this is why i think the the award he really deserved the award someone who's clearly obviously achieved great success in the film business in hollywood but done it his way and has reached out paid it forward and reached out to help so many other people and you can just tell that 
that comes from the heart. I mean, he's not doing it to get pats on the back. He's doing it because that's the way he was raised and he feels it's the thing to do. You know, and one thing to note about Tyler Perry is that he was homeless mm-hmm. for a while. Oh, he'd been through a lot of stuff. Yeah. And he always said that his movies and his plays were mostly tributes to the black women that... In his life that were strong, yeah. And in Madea was a... You know, she was. Uh, she's based more or less on an aunt that he had that actually took care of him and was like very protective of him. And you know, I think that it's while it is important to acknowledge that maybe Tyler Perry's movies, you know, have their issues. And They're not Shakespeare and Gone with the Wind. Yeah. We get that. Yeah, but. but I think that the one important thing about his legacy mm-hmm. may not be his movies or the quality of his plays. Is humanity and philanthropy? Yes, yeah. exactly. And the Gene Herschelt humanitarian award sometimes i see that award go to someone where i'm like they i think to myself okay they're giving that award because that person probably should have won an oscar for something and And so it's a you know consolation prize consolation prize you did something nice so we're gonna go ahead and give you that right but in this case i thought this is someone who really really deserved it yeah and it was for the industry like Mm -hmm. it and you know i see a lot of celebrities and i've always told someone sometimes i do prefer a celebrity who fake is sincere about in, who is doing charity work but isn't sincere about it but tyler perry is not that no. he really you does can tell care. he really feels it yeah and i like the fact that it is within the community it's mm-hmm. like we're gonna make give black people a bigger platform and i think that tyler perry's movies and tyler perry studios you know believe it or not has actually produced good work and and people still show up like even if the critics don't love it it connects That's with okay. people. Yeah, it as can, a lot of people do. A lot of fans do. So, And after a while, like I was watching the Medea movies, I realized, you know what? I know why they connect with people. They're fun. Mm-hmm. They speak about issues. And maybe they're not the most well-made, but guess what? At least they're talking yeah. about these issues. And they're entertaining and they're providing employment for a lot of people. Yeah, and so. especially black people. Yes, who really absolutely. Black, like... Uh, like just black crew members it's wonderful so i really will agree with you it is a wonderful part about it and i will say that unfortunately not every not that much else was great about the academy awards can we talk about uh, um Ch- chadwick boseman a couple things about him um he didn't win yeah and he didn't win. No, and his, his family says it was not a snub tell me about how you felt about that, that. so when chadwick boseman didn't win First of all, the Academy Awards made this really calculated risk of putting Best Actor at the end. After Best Picture, which was, I thought was weird. It was but. weird. And, and you know, it's not the first time they've done something like that, but they did it in the 70s for Charlie Chaplin. Like, let's get him an honorary Oscar and put it towards the end, which, you know what? That's great. That's a good move. But in this case, I thought, wait a minute. It didn't really work. No. They they were trying to do this thing where I they it was a calculated risk that, Chadwick Boseman's gonna win. So then they'll do a big tribute to him since he's passed away. Yeah, emotional goodbye. His his widow's gonna be there. It's gonna be wonderful. And I thought that is a that's not a good risk to take no. because the fact is that this year had a lot of good nominees like Anthony Hopkins. So it wasn't a shoe in. Yeah, it wasn't a shoe in. Like most people thought that because of the narrative of Chadwick Boseman being, you know, he died, dying young, and dying young, yeah. and all that, they thought that the narrative was gonna win it. But in this case, it actually turns out that people voted for Anthony Hopkins because they thought he was better. And then talk about the Zoom thing. This was awful. Yeah. And so Anthony Hopkins wasn't allowed to call in to Zoom because Anthony to Hop- accept his award. Yeah. And Anthony Hopkins had said 
that he, because he was an older man, he's in his 80s. Didn't want to show up. He yeah. didn't want to show up. And he doesn't live in this country. He didn't want to show up to the ceremony. And I don't blame him. And he also said that I'm at risk for COVID. And mm-hmm. Anthony Hopkins, you know, God bless him. He, you know, he probably didn't even assume he was going to win. Like mm-hmm. he thought, oh, Chadwick Boseman probably is the front runner. And for mm-hmm. a lot of places, it was between him and Chadwick Boseman. But yeah. it looked like it was going to lean towards Boseman. Yeah. But because he did it, because he had won Anthony Hopkins, he wasn't able to call in. So the award it ended just, on a flat note. Yeah, and and I saw that I was like, really? That's how <laughs> we're gonna end this show? Yeah. Like, and I thought, first of all, how I, I said this online: how dare the Academy th- use someone's death for their big ratings play yeah. at the end? No, yeah. I do not agree with that. And second of all, I think that. I love how his family did take it gracefully. Like, mm-hmm. you know what? It wasn't a snub. Anthony Hopkins deserved it. Made mm-hmm. the best man win. And yeah. I think that Bozeman would have wanted to win on the quality of his performance. not And a, not, not a, a sympathy vote because he's passed away. Yeah. yeah. And I agree with that. I actually agree. And for me, between the two, I would have probably given it to Hopkins if I had to vote. But it's very close. Very yeah. close in my heart. You know, it was one of those apples and oranges performances. You if you have a pick for if you have a preference for Hopkins howering performance in The Father mm. or Bozeman's wonderful delightful performance in Ma Rainey that's up to you like mm-hmm. whatever movie you prefer like if you prefer Ma Rainey as a movie or The Father that will dictate that so th- that's the case another question for you I, and I haven't I saw vert basically nothing <laughs> this year so I'm just going on clips and what I've read uh, but I was kind of rooting for um, um, Ma Rainey Olivia Oh, uh, uh, Olivia, what? Olivia Spencer. Vi- no, uh, Viola Davis. Viola Davis. Gosh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was like, Olivia Please Coleman. forgive me. <laughs> Viola Davis. I was rooting for her, even though I didn't. And um, she lost. And uh, Frances McDormand won for Nomadland. Now, I have a question for you. Um, was she drunk? Because when she, uh, when she <laughs> did her speech, I was like, I know she's weird. She's a strange chick. But I thought she was drunk. I, I got the impression that it's just her being strange. Because mm-hmm. she had howled. And one of the things was that she did it as a tribute to like this man. I that get that. Died. I get that. But but it's not even the first time she did something weird at the Academy Awards because at the last awards show that she won in, remember she did something like she said something and everyone was like, "What was that? Mm-hmm. What was that?" Like, and I forgot what it was, but it was this one. <laughs> it was this one thing at the Academy Awards where she had won, and she. It actually turns out that it was a reference to Times Up and Me Too. But no one knew. understood what the heck she was talking about. No, and yeah. and look, I didn't even think Frances McDormand should have won for Nomadland. Mm-hmm. My personal route was Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young. And that Woman. was the other one. I thought. I thought, but you know, who we got Viola Davis and Carrie Mulligan, and both of them lost. I was like, wow, okay. Like, and with Promising Young Woman, I thought she was going to win because it was really transformative, and I thought that's a performance of a lifetime. And maybe someone out there that's listening in might say that's an exaggeration, but no, I think that is a performance that people mm-hmm. will look at. And I'm glad it got nominated, but I'm also kind of like, we lost out on that. And I think Frances McDormand you know, did great work, but if between the nominees, I'd probably put her number two or number three. Like, mm-hmm. Probably, mm-hmm. definitely Carrie Mulligan first, and number two could be Viola Davis. Yeah. But, and even Andre Day. For Billy Hol- for playing yeah. Billy Holiday, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was there was a lot of good performances, yeah. but I didn't think Frances McDormand deserved it. And to be honest, like I in the case of Best Picture, I was I was glad Nomadland won, but I would have given it to Promising Young Woman, Judas and the Black Messiah, Sound of Metal. There was it was a very interesting year in movies with strong nominees, mm-hmm. 
but I think it was one of those things where those movies deserve to win more and even The Father but I am happy Chloe Zhao won Best Director yes. first woman of color to win the award and now <laughs> as someone said there's two there was this wonderful tweet that showed uh, Catherine Bigelow and Chloe Zhao saying now there's two women who have mm-hmm. won mm-hmm. and I thought wow like when I look at the Academy Awards and I look at the lists of directors who have won up until recently they were predominantly one type of person mm-hmm. and men and even the men like the men of color are fit a very specific image of masculinity like I love the fact that lots of men of color like no black man has won but brown men have won mm-hmm. so I'm very proud of that because I'm brown so for me it's like I, I love that but then it's also like not a lot of women of color have won and they have no latina has been nominated no asian woman had been nominated before no black women have been nominated Mm -hmm. so for this i'm hoping that this isn't what they call this there's a very famous quote attributed to halle berry's win is this a moment or a movement Mm -hmm. and i'm hoping Mm -hmm. that it's not a moment yeah that i'm hoping that it's an opportunity for women to say you know what take risks on us let let us direct some great movies we know Mm -hmm. how to direct them because it actually turns out that there is this um trust gap with women Mm -hmm. that there isn't a lot of producers don't trust women with certain with certain expensive projects and movies directed by women unfortunately have smaller budgets because they're not given a lot more money Mm -hmm. and so you know what bonnie I shouldn't be mansplaining this. You should. You got to. Uh, what do you? What? What are your thoughts on like this well, whole thing? I think that was. I think it's fabulous that she won. I did notice. It did seem to me like there were a number of uh, a little bit larger number of uh, minorities nominated for some of the acting cat and some of the other things. It seemed like the the the. Uh, nominees was a, l- a little more diverse in some some ways than has been in the past, and that's good. No, yeah, I agree with you on that because, like, when I looked at the winners, it's like more women, mm-hmm. more uh, people of color. Judas. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact is that best actor, best supporting actor, went to Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah, mm-hmm. which was great. Yeah, and and there were three three men of color nominated for yeah. that. Yeah, oh so, no, cer- certainly. You, I yeah, agree. That, that's that's, some, that's good. I mean, that's progress. I think. And also, like, in Best Supporting Actress, Yoon Young Jeon, who was in Minari, that was a sure winner. That would, I would have been disappointed okay. if they had, if she hadn't won. But it was such a great performance, and I was so happy to see her win. And it's also great to see, like, different languages at the Academy Awards. Like, people were able to speak in their native language and have, like, charismatic translators come yeah. in because, you know what, this is, in terms of progress in, in, in the in diversity i'm glad to see that people are recognized beyond fitting a certain hollywood yep. aesthetic but yep. i think we have more to unpack yes yeah <laughs> well we got we got one more segment this hour so we'll do that we'll all right talk. we'll be back in a bit You're listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Live from the desert cities of Southern California, here's Brian and Bonnie. 
Now, we're gonna get a little bit further down the Academy Awards rabbit hole because Oh, it's just that it, there's always so much to talk about every year with the Academy Awards because they either mess up one way or they do something really well the other way. It's, it's like, always something. It's always something. And the thing would be that, uh, you know what, the, fa- the fact is that this year Chadwick Boseman's death really did create a sort of mood in the evening. Mm-hmm. Like there yeah. was this art piece that a lot of people were really critical of, like the golden art piece and it wasn't like an actual art piece it was like a digital art so you can buy like a um a digital copy of it like they'll it's kind of weird it's like imagine like someone saying i'm gonna give you my album but as a you have to go online to listen to it you have to listen to it mp3 download it officially from my website i'm not giving you an actual cd so it's kind of like that but with art and some people you know like my mom said you know what I, I would like a piece of art in my room. Yeah, you know, what's the point of that? Okay. <laughs> but the idea was that it was like digital art. And so apparently these were given out at the Academy Awards in gift bags. And so a lot of people were really critical about that. And also the fact that Chadwick Boseman's face, because of the design, some people felt that it was a little too evocative of how his, of how the, in real, what had happened was that one of the things that people found really distressing is that he actually was really thin he around lost the a face, lot of weight, a lot yeah, of weight, yeah. and so a lot of people associate his face as being a very triggering reminder of how he died. Mm-hmm. And so the artist is going to redesign it because he said that he had never thought of it. He said, "You know what? I didn't realize that his face himself could actually be a very harmful thing to represent." Mm-hmm. And so he's going to redesign the artwork. I have a feeling that it'll probably be a little bit closer towards looking like the Black Panther imagery, which I think is much more appropriate. I think a lot of people really thought that he really did change movies with Black Panther. Like I see all his artwork and it's always Chadwick Boseman, half of him as an actor and the other half is the Black Panther. So like, I think, I think it was not the greatest art piece. And I think that for me, it's like, I just think this year they tried really hard to get him honored, but I just think that making the calculated risk of guessing that he would win, failure, the art piece, failure, failure, (laughs) (laughs) and the in memoriam itself, like I, I saw it. You didn't like the song either, did you? The song just seemed a little too upbeat for me for dead people. I, I, I agree with you. Like, I thought that the In Memoriam, the song As by Steve Wonder, Stevie Wonder, I mean, mm-hmm. I thought, look, I love Stevie Wonder. I of think course, he's Wonder. we all do. Yeah. yeah. But I personally agree with you. It's, it wasn't the right song, I didn't think. And also the fact that the montage was way too quick. I personally felt like you need to hold these out. You need a five minute song. You need them to like really extend like over the rainbow something, something like that have like an artist that. sing the song i will remember you or i remember yeah. you or or even something like when will i see you again yeah when will i see you again and so like they had all these things go by really fast like they had cicely tyson ian home um max von cito cloris leachman olivia de Havilland, chadwick boseman so many there were so many and nino mccurry i always forget how to say his last name but he's the composer and DMX they had a lot Sean Connery they had a lot of important people mm-hmm. they really did but I, I personally was like really disappointed that they did not include Jessica Walter 
in it. They should have absolutely. They, and and for me, like when I saw this, I thought the I there's always the exclusions, but I felt that having it be too it was too quick. They mm-hmm. it was too quick and too soon. And even the vice president of unscripted and alternative entertainment, Rob Mills, has even acknowledged, yes. Okay, they were too soon. But we also tried to make the song fit. It was a quick tempo song. Which was the first mistake. Yeah. So. And so for me, it's like Cicely Tyson and all these artists, they actually made an impact. Mm-hmm. And for them to get like a one minute tribute, not even one minute, like one second yeah, tribute. 10 each, seconds. Yeah. 10 whatever. seconds. It was, I thought it was embarrassing. I, I had seen the comments. I was, <laughs> that's. <laughs> It, the whole we're just ragging on the Academy Awards. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta give them some actual tips, you know. Now, and you also felt that they really need a host. Oh yes. Yeah. At this point, the gimmick of having no hosts, it's over. Yeah, like, I think I, I agree with you. It's over. Yeah. Like I, last two years, it was fine because they had a variety hour with it. They had different people. Look, this is the thing. They used to have different hosts within one show that's how it felt mm-hmm. but this year it just felt like we're gonna do different it's disjointed pres- disjointed, disjointed yeah. different presenters yeah. and personally for me it's like okay well the presenter uh, i just think that we need a host to create a certain image of the evening because i feel like throughout this night on one hand they were trying to be super serious but other times it was like a party and other times it was like can you dance the butt yeah. and it's like i don't i don't I, I wish there was a host because then we wouldn't have embarrassing moments like that yeah and if there were embarrassing moments at least we can say the host was bad and the, or, right or the host can sometimes take a bad moment like that and make it funny make a joke out of it and make oh, it funny oh yeah and even in some cases like seth mcfarlane who in one case wasn't the greatest host I still would say that it was a good risk. The fact mm-hmm. that they took some risks with hosts, but because of Kevin Hart, the Kevin Hart situation, which turned out to be, you know, in the end, maybe an overreaction. I think mm-hmm. even some of my friends in the LGBT community would say, you know, maybe it was an overreaction. Maybe, maybe going back into his past, maybe wasn't the best way to look at it. And mm-hmm. I, and I kind of agree, but I think that because they didn't work out with one host, I'm going to be honest, just because Kevin Hart turned out to be a bad decision and they had that whole scandal doesn't mean that there aren't plenty of people to host. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, go back to some of the old standbys, you know, Whoopi Goldberg, Billy Crystal. You know someone I just thought of? Wayne Brady. Wayne Brady. He would be great, I think. They should try him. He's funny. He's personable. He has charisma. I don't. I agree. And they could even. And you know what? Wayne Brady, I no that is a good one i think I, uh, he'd be fabulous and there's plenty of great people out there that can be hosts and i think that also uh, i turn uh, honestly as long as it's not something like james frankel and anne hathaway no, no, no that was not good no and you know what there there was actually a story i had a while back and i'll just say real mm-hmm. quick anne hathaway had talked about how that evening wasn't the greatest for her that it actually turns out that she tried to give feedback to james frankel about his performance and he she he had said don't ever tell me how to do how to host this and i'm looking back at it and i'm like yeah i can kind of tell that there was a real power struggle struggle yeah, there yeah. and i think when i look back at it it's like maybe anne hathaway did deserve a second chance because if someone like james franco kept controlling her it's like and i've heard some i've heard that he, that he can be difficult i've heard that uh, in other places too so I and and for me in general like this year at the academy awards you know as roger ebert said thumbs down thumbs yeah. down for me let's look forward to next year <laughs> and and you know what it was a strange year in movies was strange yeah but it didn't have to be 
this problematic. It didn't have to be this bad. <laughs> but we have plenty of guests next. All right, we're over. coming up the next uh, hour. We're going to have my buddy Clifford Bell, a producer, cabaret producer, performer. He's got great stuff coming up. All right, we'll be back with more on the Culture Corner in just a bit.